All right, airplane mode. Uh, if you need help in reminding this, you can take your phone out right now and place it in airplane mode. It's kind of just a physical uh, dealing with uh, with getting into the whole series, getting whole in, into the whole message. What the whole idea is, we unplug to plug into God. We have all these distractions. We have all this stuff going on in our lives, and it just seems to overwhelm. And then we kind of look at God and like, God, why, why are you letting this happen? Why aren't you talking to me? Why can't I hear your voice? And really, God's a gentleman, and he's not just screaming over the cacophony that is in your life. And so we kind of, for this whole series, the encapsulating thought is unplugged to plug in. There needs to be a time in your day in which you unplug all the stuff to plug into God. And in those moments, you'll find all kinds of rest and, and restoration that you maybe have never experienced. You're like, Jared, you just told me I have to put something else on my to-do list, and then you said it was going to restore me. Yes, um, it's exactly right. Prayer has this way of when we connect with God, it does something supernatural in our soul, in our heart, in our mind. It soothes those emotions and the waves that seem to be uh, rattling us around in life. I firmly believe, we talked about this last week, but I firmly believe is if we just, all we do as a Christian is come to church, or all we do as a Christian is listen to some worship music, listen to... Um, I can't remember what it's called here, The Fish, W104.7. Uh, if you, all you do is listen to the Christian radio station, all you do is even just read the Scripture. Your Christian experience, all that God has for you, is just in a little box. But prayer is this gift that God gives us that explodes that, that makes anything possible. And the avenue, it's so simple. And I think that's the reason why a lot of us don't do it. We're, there's got to be a catch, right? There's got to be more to it. It's got to be harder than just talking to God. I got to hold my, you know, my foot right, or I got I to do something, right? I, I can't just talk to God. And I think in our society, anything worth doing, it's got to be hard, right? We have to work really hard at it. Prayer can be very difficult. But that's more about the content of the prayer and not the act of prayer. Prayer is only difficult because of the things that we're wrestling with God with. And so maybe you're on the sidelines. Maybe you haven't prayed. Maybe you pray, you know, dinnertime prayer is the only prayer that, that leaves your lips. Uh, maybe prayer is one of those things you let other people do. Uh, prayer happens. Uh, it's just one of those foreign things for you. You, you, don't, you don't step into that, but you've kind of wondered about it. Or you've been feeling that maybe your Christian walk has been pretty... Like, okay, is this it? It's just a rhythm. I just, just go to church, do my thing, go home. Maybe that's where you find yourself in this. And so I really want to talk to that person today. Um, we're going to talk about why we pray, who are we praying to, kind of what does that mean, and then some really nuts and bolts on how to pray, how to pray better, for a lack of a term, how to do it. If you want to hold your tongue right when you're praying, this is how you do it. It's way more simple um, than you probably once have feared, all right? So that's where we're going today, um, and I, I'm just excited about prayer. Prayer has been something that's been on my heart for this church for a while. Uh, I, finding new people to start praying fervently and real uh, together like we do on, 
on Thursday morning, uh, but at other times, it's just so beautiful to start to watch that to happen. I got an email this week from a guy who's like, hey, prayer works. <laughs> and, and I was like, that is awesome. Uh, it was just so, so wonderful to get like a feedback. You know, it's like, yeah, that's prayer stuff. It's pretty neat. Um, and that's what we find it, it when we start participating in prayer. It's like, oh, this is, this is different than I maybe first thought or I assumed it would be like. What does prayer do? Prayer connects us with the heart of Jesus. Prayer connects us with the heart of Jesus. Hebrews 4, 15 through 16 says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet is without sin. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. It connects us with Jesus. Jesus was tempted in every possible way that we can be tempted. He was tempted with money. He was tempted with power. He was tempted with the opposite sex. He was tempted in every way that we could. And so instead of a God who doesn't understand what we're going through in a human condition, this is one of the beautiful things of why Jesus, why we celebrate Christmas, is God made himself a baby so he could come and experience these things and overcome them. So that when we pray to him, we know that he is like-minded. He knows what we're going through. And that's the beautiful thing about prayer is we're not praying to a a God who has no clue what we have struggled with, who looks down and is like, oh, well, I want to crush them and crush them and throw a lightning bolt over there. That's not, this is a God who's participated in it all with us. And prayer connects us with the heart of Jesus as we approach the throne of grace. I just, uh, that. It's so beautiful, and the whole really kind of encapsulates everything we're going to talk about today is how we approach prayer. If we can have it in our brains that we're approaching the throne of grace. What does that mean for us in, in all of our prayer times, that we are approaching the throne of grace? I think sometimes I forget that God's on the throne when I pray. I almost feel like when I'm praying or I'm frustrated in prayer, I'm giving God a job review. Like you were a little slow in answering that prayer, God. Uh, you, uh, you, know, you just didn't even say anything about that one. You need to pick up your pace here in the fourth quarter. Uh, that'd be great. right? Just being honest with you, I, I, sometimes I find myself there. I'm like, who do I think I am? This is the God of all universe who sacrificed himself to redeem us. And I'm like, uh, yeah, you really got a little slow. I know you're the God of time, and you're above it all, and whatever, but uh, you're a little, let's go. Right? Just being honest with you, and I think if you're honest with yourself, you're probably like, yeah, I find myself there as well. We're approaching his throne, not him approaching our throne. We have to keep that in our mind as we pray. When we disconnect from life's distractions and connect with the heart of Jesus, we connect with the one who saves us from hell. When we disconnect from all the stuff going on around us and we're starting to connect with God and connect with God in prayer, we are, have the opportunity to connect with the one who offers us eternal salvation. 
who says, no, you don't have to go to heaven. You get to go to hell. That is what's happening when we're praying. This should blow our minds. This should awe us. This should just wreck us this week as we think about, God, I treat prayer as just something that almost is deserved. It's a, it's a side it's just a, it's a, it's the the fries and the happy meal. It's something extra. If I get to it, great. Prayer is this beautiful moment in which we get to come in contact with the God who saves us from the fires of hell, and it should awe us. Prayer connects us with the love of the Father. Prayer connects us with the love of the Father. Psalm 103, 8, 13 says this, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will He harbor His anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His love for those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as He removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Well, we, we said this last week. We said that Jesus loves us, just like we talked to a little baby. You said, how big is, how big is, um, I can't remember. How big is Bowen? So big. How, how much is, is God's love for us? It's so big. You guys remember if you're my age or older and Sandy Patty sang the song, mm and mm. Yeah, it's just the biggest, the grandness of the love of God. You guys are now going to be singing that song in your head for the rest of the day. You are welcome. Uh, so, God's grandness in love for us is immeasurable. I think sometimes we, we get caught up in the, in the stuff that we've done, and we don't even participate in prayer with God and understand that we're talking to a God who loves us as far as the east is from the west. He loves us. So much. And prayer connects us with that love. It connects us with that heartbeat. It also shows us who we actually are. When we disconnect from life's distractions and connect with the love of the Father, we connect with who we truly are. And who are you truly? You are truly, when you have claimed Christ as your Savior, you are a child of God. You are a co-heir with Christ. That is who you get to be. That is who God remakes you to be. He redeems you into his sonship or daughtership. And so when we read this passage of how much God loves us, he, he loves us as a son or a daughter. And so when we're praying, we're coming as a child saying, God, Daddy, Papa, be with us. Help us. I think having children is the... Uh, yesterday, I got my first shout-out over Kelly uh, in Sidewalk Chalk. It's a pretty big moment for me. Bowen says, uh, how do you spell daddy? And I was like, D-A-D-D-Y. Like, okay, whatever. I said it really fast. And he was like, daddy, come here. And I looked, and he's like, I love daddy. I was like, okay. Right? There was no Kelly on there. There was no mommy. There was nothing. No grandma. It was me. I got it. Right? Then he proceeded to do something really stupid. But that's okay. <laughs> he made a sermon illustration for another day. Uh, but <laughs> that moment 
encapsulates kind of when we, we pray, right? That's what prayer is. It's us in our goofiness, in our just inarticulate way. I, gotta, I can't even write well enough. I can't pray well enough. God, I need you to tell me how to pray to tell you something. Like that, that's really encapsulates what prayer is about. I can't do this well enough, God. Just I hope you see my heart in that. And I didn't care if that daddy was spelled with P's or I's, right? You, didn't, you wouldn't either. But that's what we, we long for, and that's what God longs for in us too, is just, just try connecting with my heart because that is what prayer is. This is this inarticulate people as we are coming to the throne of grace of God. Does this make sense? That's what prayer is. We've got to participate in it. Prayer connects us with the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Prayer connects us with the comfort of the Holy Spirit. John 14, 16 through 17 says this, And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. This is the Holy Spirit. And this is incredibly important. The Holy Spirit is the comforter and the guide, or the comforter and the convictor, not condemner, convictor. The idea of, hey, what are you doing here? Let's make it better. It's the comforter. It's going to be all right, but uh, you're, it's going to be all right after you get your act together <laughs> type stuff. That's, that's the role of the Holy Spirit. And this is beautiful. When we pray to praying and, and we're engaging in that relationship, the Holy Spirit will correct us and guide us and move us in the ways our life needs to go. If we're not praying, we don't get access to the comfort and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That is its role. Does this make sense? If you're wondering, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I got this big decision. I got this job thing. I got this family thing. I got da 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 But there's been no prayer over it. You, you've, you've not accessed the whole channel in which God imparts wisdom into us. It's kind of like... Basically the same as sleeping on your Bible. I hope through osmosis I will get some of this truth. I really hope God talks to me. Have you prayed? Maybe over my Cheerios. Right? It's the idea of we got to connect with the Holy Spirit. When we disconnect from life's distractions and connect with the comfort of the Holy Spirit, we connect with the power to get through the heartache of life. That is why we pray. That's who we're praying to. Now how... Do we pray? I got some kind of <clears throat> really quickly nitty gritty, I guess, tips for you. These are principles that overarch whether or not you've been praying for 50 years or you, you're going to start today. Okay. First thing we do is you enter prayer with humility. You enter prayer with humility. Remember, you are approaching the throne of grace. You don't have to have like these special rote prayers. You don't have to have things done perfectly. You don't have to light so many candles or hold your foot right. Or It does not matter any of that stuff. What you need to do is enter prayer with humility. There's a reason so many, like the song even said, the, the touch the sky was, I get on my knees. We get on our knees. You don't have to get on your knees, but it helps have a physical reminder of humility. When you're on your, your knees, you can't feel like you're better than someone. That's just how that goes. You enter with humility. Second Chronicles 7.14 says this, If my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear 
from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. What is this all caveated on? If my people will humble themselves and pray. Humble themselves and pray. Humble themselves and pray. This is the idea I talked about earlier is where I think I'm giving God a job review in prayer or a to-do list or taking an or- my order. Humility in prayer doesn't come at prayer that way. It's God, you are amazing. Thank you for everything you've done for me. It's coming to the throne room of grace. And you need to ask yourself some hard questions. How do I treat God in prayer? How do I come at that? Do I, I mean, honestly, do I come at it as ordering him around? This is why journaling is so good, because you can grade yourself. No one else hears your prayers, right? But if you're journaling your prayers, you can go back and read, wow, I was a jerk to God. That's okay, you can deal with that. We've had kids that are jerks every once in a while, right? Um, your kids are perfect. Yeah, mine, mine are the <laughs> We've had that happen. But you can look at it back and go, oh, wow, okay. Humility in the face of God. Martin Luther, and if you're worried about not being able to say the, say the right words, I thought this is really cool. Martin Luther, who started Protestant Christianity, he's the reason we have other churches and not just the Catholic Church. Right? He, he really took on all the, uh, the fear and the, the, the political uh, stuff going on in the Reformation uh, to do this. And he said this about prayer. Fewer the words, the better the prayer. And I, was th- I found that quote this week, I thought that was really poignant and speaks to it, is that we sometimes in prayer, we just keep on praying and keep on like throwing out words we don't even know what they mean, just hoping something sticks, Right? And these words are coming out, and we're like, I've never even heard that word. I don't know what's going on. And really, God's just like, what are you doing? You're my child. I just want you to be humble. I just want you to be with me. If you're the words, the better the prayer. That's coming from a preacher, by the way. Second thing you can do, be persistent in your prayers. Be persistent in your prayers. Jesus gives us permission in this parable in Luke chapter 18 to annoy God. Right? He gives us permission and he tells us this is what we're supposed to do. Then Jesus told his disciples in a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what the people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice. And so she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, he will, find, will he find faith on earth? He's saying, be persistent. Pray, 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 pray. Just as this widow goes and bugs an unjust judge, knock at his door, knock at his door, knock at his door, knock at his door, knock at his door. Be persistent in your prayers. If you look in the, especially the Old Testament, you look at prayers, and they're not necessarily judged by uh, instantaneous prayers. 
is someone's been praying for years, for decades, for lifetimes. And I don't know about you, but if I pray for it for about 10 minutes and it doesn't get answered, I'm like, shit. I'm worn out on this prayer. And you, you do the same thing, right? But if you look at the biblical example of the people in the, in the Old Testament, they're praying for decades for the same thing. Persistent, persistent, persistent. I think we give up way too early in prayers. I don't know what the theological, what it's in God's head of that. I've been praying that my mom would be healed from rheumatoid arthritis since I knew how to pray. Right? It's been pretty persistent. I don't know if, if God's, why that, um, why is, it takes years and years and decades to be praying for the same thing. But I think sometimes, guys, do you, is your heart right in this? Are you coming at it with humility? Because God's done more in my life, in my mom's heart, in my dad's heart, and other people's hearts by watching that story unfold than other ways of God acting in that story. If you come to prayer in humility, you can actually see the other things God is doing in that story. If I come to God with pride when I'm speaking, when I'm talking to God or yelling at God about my mom's health condition, I'm so blinded by that that I can't be taught by it. And I wonder what in our lives are we so blinded by our immediate need or what we think is best, that we are blinded to what God is doing or up to in our lives. Be persistent in your prayers. Corey Tinboom, a great revivalist, said this, Don't pray when you feel like it. Have an appointment with the Lord and keep it. I, I, this is an area I need to be better at. I pray when I feel like it, when I got some extra time. And I don't humbly come before the throne. Like, you thought about that, the positions or the times that you pray? I'm like, oh, I got some time to kill here because I'm driving. I guess I'll pray now. Well, you're not giving your whole full attention to God, hopefully, because if your eyes are closed, these are bad things. Some of you have been doing that. I have seen it. Um, but, <laughs> but have an appointment with God and keep it. Make it an important part of your day. Be persistent in your prayers. Be open to a different answer. Be open to a different answer in prayer. First Thessalonians 5, 16-18 says this, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's very interesting. Uh, back when I was in college, you're always praying for God's will to be shown in your life. And maybe if you're in a transition time of jobs or um, kids are going off to college, you're, you're, you're praying that for them or whatnot. But you always want this like burning bush moment. You, like, why did Moses get a burning bush? And I, I, I'd take a burning piece of grass. You know, anything... It doesn't have to be as flamboyant as that, but I need something to tell me exactly what the will of God is here. Moses gets a burning bush. Moses does the most important thing in all of the scripture outside of Jesus' death and resurrection. Okay, He's the only one that got a burning bush. We're not going to do that. So we need to quit looking for it. We pray and we pray and pray and be open for a different answer. Sometimes 
We ask God what the answer to two plus two is, and he says, apples. And we're like, I don't know if you heard me right, Lord. He's trying to be humble, trying to be humble. But, and he'll do that. And we go, wait a minute, how does this work? And then through time or through different circumstances, we understand what he was doing in our lives, but we have to be open to the different answer. We sometimes pray knowing we only have this slot of this is the only acceptable answer. And if you're not going to fit that God, then you are broken and the job review is going to be bad this year. Right? And all of you have probably people in your life like, I don't know about God. He let this happen and whatnot. Well, we're not even opening to maybe a different possibility, a different answer of what God is giving us. And finally, pray for others. And I think um, with the things happening in our world today, this should be very high on our uh, list. With Veterans Day being this week, we should be praying for people who have sacrificed so much to protect us. But also, in the, I just think in my heart, broken for people in Europe going through all this drama. Is that we connect our hearts with people who are going through that much anguish and stress and heartache. That our heart and our prayer should be for others. That's in our own community, our own family, but in all the world, as we pray for others. James 5.16 says this, Therefore, confess your sins to one, each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. It's in the praying for other people that you may be healed. It's not just, oh, Lord, be with so-and-so. My kids have this thing where we, we list off prayer requests um, at night, and they got, they're so used to these same prayer requests. They pray persistently. It's the same thing every time. But they say it so fast you can barely even pick. They're still praying for Joy's leg. Joy's been dead. Right? It's like, we can stop praying for the dog. Oh, see, you guys aren't thinking about what you're praying for. No, oh, oh. Right? They're praying for my, my dad's eye who had um, uh, retina, or his retina reattached. Like, he's good now, guys. We can stop that. We got, we got to stop. But they just... And then I think about my own prayer and go, you know what? I pray basically the same way. I got these rote things. Pray for the church. Bless the food and nourish us. Amen. And we got to think about this as we pray for others. This is where the healing happens. Are we connecting our hearts with them and, and really lifting them up humbly to God and saying, God, take this person, take this, this, this situation. As I think about Colette just being diagnosed and uh, starting chemotherapy in the last couple of weeks with lung cancer. Instead of just, be with Colette, please. Blah, 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 blah. God, connect your heart with that situation. Pray for her. Pray for a new husband. So we pray for others. That's how we do prayer. There's no magic formula. There's nothing we got to like do. Be humble. Be persistent. Be open to different answers. And pray for others. As we explore all that prayer has for us and all that it's doing for us, 
how it can shape us and guide us, how it can open up our Christian worldview to a whole new realm. That we've been living a small faith. We've been living a small existence. And God is calling us to so much better, so much bigger. And it's through a personal prayer time with Him. This band comes up and leads us in a final song. I want to pray with you and just urge you, and maybe it's for the first time you need to come in contact with a God who loves you and a God who who cares about you. Maybe for the first time you need to start participating in prayer. And it can be awkward, and it can be uh, gangly, and it can just feel weird, and that's okay. But you're coming in contact with God. Come humbly to His throne. It's okay. Just as Martin Luther said, fewer words, the better. Your prayer, hi God, I need you, bye. That's okay. It's the act of humbly coming before the throne of grace. God, I need you. I desire you. I I need you in my life and in my heart and guiding what I'm doing and guiding the words of my life. Lord, I pray for these people that as we come in contact with you, that we would give our lives fully to you that we experience everything that you have for us. Not just the scraps, not just the, the little things, not just what our, our little minds can conceive, but everything that you as our proud Father want to give us and want us to experience. God, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive us of all those times we've taken you for granted and the ways in which we've ordered you around. God, we're not worthy to pray, but you let us pray. God, let us not take that for granted. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.